0: Hello and welcome back to the Brainstorming Basketball Podcast. I am your host Armani Buckets, and what an eventful first week of NBA basketball we had. We have a lot to discuss in this episode. First off, let's get to the to the sad news first. The Chicago Bulls—they freaking suck. Um, listen, I'm a diehard Bulls fan. I'm looking for a team to bandwagon on because the Bulls are easily the worst team in the NBA. I'm not too disappointed about it because I love Cade Cunningham. I love Jalen Suggs. Let's get a top two pick. Let's get it cracking. The future will be bright. Kobe White will be okay. Everything's going to work out. But this season is going to be a challenge as a Bulls fan, and I'm okay with it. So before you send me an angry DM and tell me, oh, the Bulls suck, or oh, Armand, you can't talk about my team because your team is horrible, listen, I get it, I know, and I'm more sad than you will ever be about my pathetic Chicago Bulls. Let's get to some interesting NBA talk, though. One of the main topics I wanted to hit on today was this John Morant-Trey Young debate. Now, I posted an Instagram story talking about would you rather have John Morant, would you rather have Trey Young as your team's starting point guard going forward for the next, let's say, 10 years. Right now, as it stands, it's 50-50 in the voting. And listen, there's no wrong answer when it comes to these two sensational players. There's no, you know, you can make the case either way. But if I was starting a team, Drumroll, please. I'm going to go with Ja Morant, and here's why. Ja Morant is not only a sensational facilitator and creator for others, he's an exceptional athlete, which will translate to probably being an above-average defender. And on top of all of that, leadership, leadership, leadership. Now, I get it. Trey is trying to learn how to lead a team on the fly, but Ja Morant, he was born with that. He has this innate ability to lead a group of guys and bring and cultivate a team together in a way that, you know, they talk about natural-born leaders. Ja is a natural-born leader. In the same sense that Jimmy Butler is for Miami and in the same sense LeBron is for the Lakers and as he, he has been for other teams in the past, Ja has that ability. So if I was to pick a point guard To start my franchise with between those two, as good as Trey Young is, I'm leaning with John Morant. Now, the next topic I wanted to discuss are the three NBA teams through the first week of the season that caught my attention. Now, attention can mean a lot of things. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be somewhere in the middle. So let's start with team number one. The first team that caught my attention. This one should be an obvious one for everybody. What the hell? Cleveland is 3-0, people. The Cleveland Cavaliers. One of the laughingstocks of the NBA for for since LeBron left. They're having a great season. And it's mainly because of Colin Sexton. I mean, averaging 27 points a game. Their big men are doing work. Drummond, McGee. Who would have thought JaVale McGee would have gone to Cleveland and actually had fun? I mean, I did not expect McGee to give any ounce of effort this season. He's been sensational. Um, Going down the line, Larry Nance Jr. is having a phenomenal year so far. And Kevin Love, he just got injured today, but he he was playing well for them as well. The Cavs are a fun team. They are a fun team. Do I expect them to be a top five seed in the East? Hell no. Hell no. But... They're pesky, they're feisty, and they're fun. And I'm going to have my eye on them going forward. Team number two that's caught my eye, the Indiana Pacers. They fired their coach Nate McMillan in the offseason. They've had a tumultuous offseason with Victor Oladipo, with the trade rumors and such. And they just kind of came out and said, you know what? We got a bunch of vets on this team and we don't care what you think of us. We're going to ball... And we're going to do it as a collective unit. Malcolm Brogdon is probably, <laughs> I think he's the game's most underrated player. DeMontis Sabonis is Eastern Conference Nikola Jokic. Miles Turner can play. Victor Oladipo's finding his legs. I love Aaron Holiday. Um, this team is talented. And they know how to play as a cohesive unit. And they're going to be a force, in my opinion, in the Eastern Conference. And by a force, I mean a team that can actually surprise people and maybe even win the East. I don't know if that's an unconventional opinion. The East is wide open, and I don't see why Indiana can't be a team that can actually make some noise going forward. The third team on my list of teams that have caught my attention, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And this is for not a great reason, but not a bad reason either. It's just because coming into this season, everybody kind of thought Oklahoma City was basically going to tank. They're going to try to lose on purpose to get a high draft pick. They still might do that. Like, that's still on the table, very much so. We're early in the season, still on the table. But the thing that's caught my attention is the fact that they have veterans who are competing. George Hill and Al Horford, they're here to compete on a nightly basis, and that's what you're getting from them. Lou Dort is a legitimate NBA starter. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a budding star in the NBA. This team, although they might end up tanking and might have a bad season, they're going to be feisty every night. They're going to bring it every night. They have good young players who I'm excited to see grow, especially Darius Baisley. They got a lot of heart and grit, and that's not a team that I would rest my star players against they they're feisty and they'll steal a couple wins here and there moving on the three nba players that intrigue me right now intrigue meaning they've caught my attention with the way that they've played to start the season now i'm a sucker for any guard that can get a bucket if you if you're a guard and you can get a bucket you got my attention so we're going to start this list with a rookie guard who's been getting buckets lately off the bench. He's in the Eastern Conference and his name is Cole Anthony. I was a huge Cole Anthony hater in the pre-draft because I thought attitude wise, ego wise, he's got a big head it seems like and this still might be true but the guy's a bucket. He's leading the Orlando bench unit. Orlando has not lost a game yet. They are a feisty team, speaking of feisty teams, and he's a freaking feisty point guard off the bench. He's doing a great job backing up Markel Fultz. I'm excited to see Cole Anthony grow and mature in the NBA. The second guy that has really, really caught my attention and intrigued me is a guy I mentioned earlier in this podcast, and that's colin sexton i mean let's be real did anybody i don't care if we're a weekend did anybody think colin sexton would average 27 points a game um it's not going to stay that way he's going to come back down probably around 23 24 but he's a legitimate star level player now and cleveland has a legitimate future led by this guy as they're as spearheading their team Darius Garland's also been great, but there's no doubt right now who the man is in Cleveland. And the man is Colin Sexton. When you look at athletes and athleticism in the NBA, he's, in my opinion, as fast and as strong as any guard in the league. And his decision making is obviously, you know, leaves a lot of room to be desired, leaves a lot to be desired. But. His athleticism alone is enough to make him a legitimate NBA star, in my opinion. The last guy on my list of guys that have intrigued me in the first week is, drumroll please, another Eastern Conference guard, Shake Milton. And this one was could have gone a lot of ways with this player, but I wanted to give Shake Milton some love because of the fact Philly has had a gaping hole with their bench for a while since Simmons and Embiid have been the stars of the team and Shake has kind of taken the responsibility and the ownership of the bench and said this is my unit we're gonna figure it out and I'm gonna lead this unit as the point guard and we're gonna we're gonna make this work we're gonna be a good bench do I know do I think it's gonna last long term to be honest I do not I think that Eventually, the bench of Philly will go to Tyrese Maxey. He's going to end up spearheading the bench unit. But for now, Shake has done more than enough to earn his right as the man, the sixth man on the Philadelphia 76ers. Next topic I want to discuss briefly are the two main storylines to watch for going forward into week two of the NBA season. First storyline, Nikola Jokic's assist numbers. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? This guy is a center averaging 11 assists a game. This is ludicrous. We've never, ever, ever seen a big man like this. The fact that Denver is so confidently just giving Jokic the ball almost every trip down the court and basically telling him, Create something. It's unprecedented. He is an absolute superstar. And to not have him as a top 10 player in the league, if you don't, in my opinion, is ridiculous. He is easily, easily a top 10 player in the game. His impact for the Nuggets is substantial. And he's only going to get better and better as he you know, he's slimmed down, as he develops more of an offensive game, a go-to game for himself. It's only going to get scarier. And on that same topic of scary, that's my second storyline to watch, is another player who looks downright scary. And I was his biggest, biggest hater on the planet. That's Brandon Ingram. You want to talk about storylines? This guy, over the offseason, it's like, I don't know if it's Stan Van Gundy's doing, I don't know if Ingram's just gotten so much better. He looks like a superstar. Brandon Ingram... Looks like a top 10 player in the NBA. He looks unstoppable at times. His three-point shot looks smooth as I've ever seen. Smoother than I've ever seen, to be honest with you. And his playmaking is like a godsend. And when you combine all those things together, and then you combine the fact that he's teammates with Zion Williamson, I would not want to play the Pelicans in a playoff series. Those two are a problem. Until teams figure out that Lonzo Ball still cannot shoot, which I don't believe in his jump shot still, I think the Pelicans are going to beat up teams on the glass and it's going to be tough for teams going up against them. With that being said, I'm going to be starting to do probably every other day dropping a podcast checking in with the nba seeing what's new seeing what the new topics are what's new and exciting and we're going to go from here Um, i hope you guys enjoy this kind of content i'm going to be giving you guys a lot more of my personal thoughts on the nba you're always free to dm me reach out to me and talk basketball i love to talk basketball that's what my platform is all about it's about engaging in conversation with other like-minded individuals that just love the freaking game of basketball. If that's you, I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, Armand out.